Hello and welcome to the Infra Black Archive Hotel Studio Edition. We are today looking at the Macra Terror with James, who sat opposite me for once. Isn't that rare? Hello, Owen. Hello, everybody else. Good to have you with us. Uh, we are sat on the seventh floor of a hotel. Yep. Uh, recording this, which is definitely the most unique place we've done a Black Archive. <laughs> it's very... Um, I'm trying to think. It's very... Uh, the Eagles Hotel California kind of vibe to mm. this. My mic's getting adjusted for me. So much is happening. It's amazing when you record, you know, physically. Yeah. All these things can happen. You do forget that sometimes. And also, he's got a proper mic stand today as well now, so he doesn't need to be constantly ducking or getting distracted off mic. It's quite quite interesting for him. No, it's just there. I have... It's really weird because I'm quite I'm quite animated. You won't obviously see this because we're not a visual show, but but you do hear it as I edit. You hear his, his animation. Yes, I do. I do move around a bit. So <laughs> yes, you do. This uh, the mic arm is ensuring I don't move. And also on my behalf, sorry if you hear any microphone pops like that one, uh, because I've had to give a give my normal um, windshield to James because his microphone, which he's currently using, is worse than this one. So. Let's go. <laughs> and if you hear anything like <laughs> like that, that's because I do have a bit of a cough. But <coughs> we're back now. Yeah, if that happens, it'll either get edited out or it'll be in there for comic effect and you'll laugh at it. So it'll all be fine. Uh, also, just because last time we did an in-person one, I'm going to do it again. Um, we do have a window open and we are sat quite far apart. We're sat as far apart as humanly possible. Really, yeah, I'm at one end of the hotel and he is at the other end. Yeah. So it is as COVID safe. And I know what you're thinking, cough, mm, really? I have tested, I am negative, which is genuinely shocking to me, but I am negative. We have forced him to be tested, so don't worry. Yes, this did happen. So also just a quick thing as well sorry about for last week's episode being so late i'm moving and as you can tell by fact i'm in the hotel things aren't going 100 percent correctly and there have been issues delays have been the order of the day with this one yeah but oh well these are these are the unforeseen circumstances that you wait for and you expect yeah so if there's gonna be anything that derails us for a week it's a pretty good reason yeah that and like the end of the world or something yeah or the surrounding of a base by a enemy which doesn't exist that's true, because there is no enemy. No. How can there be an enemy when they don't exist? Exactly. It's just... Riddle me that. It's just a very nice, happy colony. The colony is perfect. Always happy. Yeah. Always smiling. Always singing, always dancing, because there is no enemy. If you can't tell, we are talking about the Macra Terror. The what? The what? The Terror. There's there it is, yeah. The Terror. The Terror. That's yeah, the it. Terror. Yeah, I was thinking, you said some weird word there. I wasn't yeah. sure what you were on about. Should we get straight on into it then and talk about characters? Yeah, should we go straight in? Uh, it's uh, We should say before we do go into characters, uh, this is an animated one. Yeah. Uh, because the Macro Terror is one of the many 1960s yeah. Doctor Who episodes lost in the terrible tape wiping incidents of the BBC. Uh, so yeah, all animated this one, uh, which, good fun as an animation. I think it's definitely the best animation we've had so far. I think it's very, it's quite polished. Yeah. Actually doesn't look too because we've had a few that have been a bit ropey in terms of maybe yeah. the facial expressions or the movement this is this is pretty good i think the one we most had issues with was for moon base because they straight out just didn't include things which were quite key for the story where they're like ha, where they're holding up a gun they just didn't include the gun and just mm. kind of let you infer which they got scared by the very presence of a cyberman yes which i can sort of get away with to yeah. be fair they were creative decisions for budget yeah but, but you can tell that macro terror sorry yeah. terror uh, has been made with proper values. The animation, I think, is really good, and it makes it very, very watchable. At times, you almost forget that you are watching yeah. animation. You just sort of feel like you're watching a real-life Doctor episode. Since we're talking about animation, I'm going to bring on the government straight onto this point here, which I was going to mention to you later on, but we yeah. might as well do it now. Yeah, we might as well, since we got to it. So previously, we've discussed about what you can and cannot include in an animation when it sort of draws the line between it being right and wrong. Mm. How much do you think got removed from the first episode of the Macro Terror? <laughs> this is going to be one of those questions where I know I'm going to get it wrong, so yeah. I might as well. I'm going to go with... Shall I give you a clue? Okay, sure. Give me one clue. In the real recording of this version of this of this episode, Polly's hair was not short. I'm going to guess quite a lot then. 
Yeah, so you know, can you we you watched this quite a while ago, but Yeah, it's been can, a couple of weeks for me, but can you remember when they go we go we'll send send you guys off to be made up and then it just kind of cuts them after being made yeah, up. Yeah, I do remember that. It actually in the actual episode it showed them being made up. It showed Polly getting oh, a haircut. Oh, so it goes through the whole process yeah. and then Polly comes out with it like a short bob. Yeah, so that's why even though we're led to believe it's kind of happened sequentially, we left Moonbase with Polly having long hair and then straight away having short hair. Because in the original story, that makes sense because mm. she starts with long hair and then comes out with not long hair. How does that make you feel? <laughs> How does that make me feel? Yeah, knowing which they cut out that segment. Do you think that was a vital segment for the story? Not really. I mean, it's... At the end of the day, there's a lot that goes into the telling of any story... But a haircut, unless it's symbolically showing like a yeah. change in a person, yeah, which this one I don't think does because you can't really detect any change in Polly's mm. character from the pre-made up to the post-made up. Yeah. So, you know, if you have to make cuts, it's something you yeah. can take out. It, it comes back to what we're, which what I think we agreed on last time we discussed this. Yeah. As long as it doesn't affect the plot, because I think we discussed it on even of a Daleks episode. Mm, we did. If it doesn't affect the plot, it's pretty much mostly all right. It's about, I, I I seem to remember saying, I think it was actually doing that Evil of the Daleks episode where I might have said this, where as long as you've got the tone right, yeah, there's no need to be absolutely picture book perfect mm-hmm. with everything. I mean, you can have, obviously you're really lucky if you maybe have a lot of still images of the episode that you can use as reference mm. and all those things like that. As long as you carry out that vibe yeah. and everything feels according to the episode, honestly, you're fine. Mm. I think anyone who nitpicks that, and there are a few people who do nitpick There are a few purists out there I who just do think, want it. Ah, come on. Yeah. It's still, it's still like the episode's there. We're, we're getting into very, very thin straws when we start talking about those kinds of things yeah. in terms of the episode quality as a whole. Yeah, because you watched it without even realising that was the entire thing to cut and it still didn't affect your viewing no, at, at all. No, not at all. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, made up just means, oh, you know, fine. We've seen that before in plenty yeah. of Who episodes, like, I swear there's a bit in Keys of Marinus where um, there's like a... Where do they go in Keys of Marinus where there's um, there's like the village and they're all kind of hypnotised. Oh yeah, that's the first episode, second episode. Yeah, I think it's the second part of Marinus, yeah, yeah where they have that. So we've seen that before. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. Barbara like lying Roman style getting grapes fed to her or something. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, but then it turned out not to be grapes and it was just mud essentially, isn't it? Well, we've all been there. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. Animation-wise, I think it's really good. Shall we talk about after that quick aside, which we probably needed to have? Yeah, our characters for this one. Yes. Shall we start off with the Doctor? Yeah, because we we are still very much in early Troughton days. Yeah. And do you know what? I think <laughs> well, there's one. I knew it was going to come. <laughs> episode by episode, I think that Troughton is sort of becoming more defined as a doctor we've already seen that playfulness come around especially during the end of the moon base last time out or at least the last episode we saw uh macro terror i think is a really good episode for the doctor in the sense that we get to see him do a lot of different things yeah because it starts out with him very much on the suspicious serious side um and he gets very intrigued by the claims of someone in the colony called a medoc yes uh who is claiming that he's been seeing uh, creatures uh, that the colony refused to believe uh, could ever exist. Yeah. Uh, so he becomes naturally suspicious of this and begins to... I mean, he tries to break him out of prison yeah. pretty quickly without telling uh, Ben, Polly or Jamie. Yeah. Uh, so that's a great start to him. And then as the episode goes and you recognise what's going on, uh, he gets to do a whole lot of things. And I like the way a lot of his scenes are written. Especially in the bit where Ben, and we won't spoil this too much until we get to it, Ben kind of changes in this episode a little bit. Yeah. Uh, There's a bit where he's very, very compassionate about it. Yeah. So it shows that perhaps he's got more of a heart than William Hartnell did, but without it being too much of a jarring change. Yeah. yeah, I I think Troughton gets stronger and stronger with each episode. I I mean, I know we're only seeing like the good ones that have animated off, but they are good. Yeah. And he's good in them. Yeah. It's a lot of yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. I definitely don't feel like I'm missing William Hartnell as much as I thought I would do with the massive change. You would think that there'd be a bit of a void, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, it def- does definitely feel like there's been a major 
not on about William Hartnell, but purely his era. There's definitely been a big improvement in terms of production values, even with characters, even though we have got issues with Ben and Polly. Mm, yeah. It definitely feels like the show knows what it's doing now rather than before. There is a sense... I think there's more of a defined sense of identity what they're going for episode to episode. Yeah. I, what I've liked... Oh, this damn cough. I do apologise, listeners. Um, what I do like about a lot of the episodes we've seen in the Trout era so far is that you can very clearly see what story they're trying to tell. Yeah. And there's a very clear sort of definition of that. Mm -hmm. The Macro Terror is about ignorance, effectively. Yeah. Uh, and then the one before the moon base, yeah, it's kind of a bit 10th planety, but they're trying to tell a story about uh, power on bases, which is similar to 10th planet uh, yeah. in that sense where they did the Cutler story. So you've had episodes where there are things going on underneath the surface. You can tell that the writing is getting to a good standard consistently. Mm -hmm. At the moment, it's it's probably the best run of episodes I'd say we've had since we've started doing this. Yeah, this... Spoilers for when we eventually get to this point. I definitely feel like this season is going to be at the top of our it's list. possible, yeah. Of the seasons we've had, watched so far. Because there hasn't... For me, there hasn't even been a weak episode. Maybe Moonbase. Moonbase is definitely the weakest, but that says it's a lot. Not that weak. Yeah, that says a lot when you compared good. to, say, the weakest in previous seasons where we've got things oh, such Edge as. Edge of Tomorrow, <laughs> Planet of Giants. What was our weakest out of three? Gunfighters. Oh, God, Gunfighters. You see, you see it's so bad I repressed it. <laughs> As I said, do you, do you regret not repressing it? <laughs> oh, goodness me. I. I I wish. Didn't they announce the other day that they were... Um, what was the thing they were doing? They had new audio recordings of the gunfighters or something. They were they essentially slowly going through and um, narrating all the audio from the episodes, which is fine. It's what they've been doing for... Yeah. So it's much like what they do for missing episodes. But they tweeted out, which, oh, we're releasing f new missing episodes. Yeah, like they, they're all fine. And everyone's going, if, 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 if they're missing, I can lend you my DVD. <laughs> Yeah, we have, uh, Black Archive listeners will know that we have covered each one of those episodes. Yeah, we were sat there talking to each other about it, and we just went, oh, they exist, we've watched them all. Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. You know when you sort of look back and think, have we actually done this? Yeah, we have. Or did I have like a strange fever dream where I, where, like, I was part of a Doctor Who podcast for a number of months? Yeah, actually, saying that, I was going to get party poppers, but I completely forgot. This is a big episode for us. Is it? Yeah. It's like an anniversary or something. It's like a birthday? Yeah. Yeah? We have, as of this podcast being released, mm. not right now, but as of it being released, we have been doing this for six months. Have we? Yeah, we've been publishing these for six months. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. And is, that, is that a good thing or is that sad? I was about to say, any regrets? <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> it's it's quite an achievement, isn't it? I did yeah. I did not think we'd do six months of this. No, we just thought this would be a fun lockdown thing we do to keep talking and socialising. I know and the lockdown's damn ended. We're we're seeing each other and we're still doing this podcast thing yeah. we could have easily been doing without seeing each other. Yeah, and which we've been doing without seeing each other for six months, James. What a nightmare! Yeah, where'd the time go? Yeah, well. In a weird way, we've been planning this and doing it for nine months because we started in January. Yeah, it was the new year. Yeah. Well, it's a shame we don't have party poppers now. Yeah. Should we got all this out? Uh, yeah. Where are we? Where are we? Because we've done, we've gone through Patrick. We've now. done Doctor. We can go on to who, who companions. Who do you fancy going out of the three? Shall we go with Ben? Because yeah. I think Ben's. We've got the most to talk about Ben here. Really, I think don't so. We? Yeah. Even though we have the most to talk about Ben, but it's not really to do with Ben? No, it's a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, can you can you explain for everybody what what happens to Ben in this episode? So essentially in their first night there, essentially everyone in this colony is brain controlled, thought thought controlled into thinking which everything is fine and dandy when really there's things going on in there. They're producing gas which they don't really know what it's need for because they're being told to forget about it straight away. Mm, it's just needed. Yeah, so when for for Freeland, we'll go more into this later on, but it's a good bit of grounding for what happened to Ben. Um, they land and the and they go when they go to the bed for the first time. Well, first times we see people go to bed. That is but, true, actually. You yeah. don't usually see that. Um, what are the other episodes that you see people go to bed in? I feel like gunfighters, maybe. Yes, even of the Daleks as well. Yes, 
Yeah, you do. Power of the Daleks, even. I oh, always sorry, those, Power of the Daleks. I always get those two confused. Um, when they go to bed, the colony essentially starts to set, put gas through the vents and start whispering sweet nothingnesses to them at, as they try to go to sleep. Jamie wait, realizes something's going on, wakes up, goes to Ben. Ben, I'm hearing something. Something's whispering to us. Mm. And I think the doctor just gets to Polly in time. It's not really a reason given why Polly doesn't get affected. Polly just kind of doesn't get affected. Yeah. yeah. It's just not really written in. Um, but Ben is affected. He essentially starts... He essentially just starts saying the party line, doesn't he, really? He just starts going, why are you doing this? We need to go to work, that kind of thing. We need to go work for the colony. We need to prove our worth. Yeah, he very, very quickly and very, very suddenly becomes one of these mind-control colonists. Yeah. Uh, now, and I did want to talk about this to some degree of depth. I won't do it yet. I feel like it's better to do it while we talk about it in the story. Yeah. But it's a really cool story technique that they've done with this mm-hmm. uh, that is worth chatting about. Uh, but yeah, on to Power Effect Ben. It's tricky because you can't really review Ben because we have this kind of militant Ben character. Yeah. He... We were saying this off recording when we were setting up. It's an improvement because Ben isn't Ben. In a sense, it's almost because because Ben's doing something so different. Yeah. You don't have to obviously do the worry of, well, we have three companions to help the Doctor solve things. And so you're having to kind of pick which ones get the things to do. And then you're having to almost divvy out the jobs. Yeah. So you have less divvying to do. It's either me, Paul, or it's going to be Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um but how they deal with the way Ben kind of gets out of that situation, I think is quite well done. Yeah. Because it ends up actually having a really satisfying ending. Yeah. And it shows the strength of his character, which maybe I didn't think about. Yeah, because they do start off him being hypnotized quite fast. But over the course, it doesn't happen suddenly. It happens over the course of all of the stories. Mm. You can see it's starting to slowly lessen its effect on him. Eventually ending up with him realizing... Maybe I shouldn't be doing this for Doctor, essentially. Mm. But what did you think of his character? Was it a good side of good doing? Um, a good doing. Was it? Did it serve its purpose? I think so. I think it was definitely good for the episode. Yeah. It's always good to ha- to add conflict, isn't it? So yeah. It's, it's really good when you can turn your character into conflict. Yeah. So, yeah, having him do something different, I think, is good. And I think it's good for Michael Craze as well, just on an acting level. Because yeah. if you're playing the same character week after week after week on who, you know, it can start to be like a by-the-numbers kind of thing. Sort of like what happened to William Hartnell where it came to a point where we weren't seeing any growth in his character towards exactly. the end, Exactly, really. kind of like he was in Series 3. At, at least not from what we've got and the recordings we've got left. Mm. So, yeah, what you get to see is... I mean, it's still Ben. It's still noticeably yeah. Ben. But what uh, he obviously gets to do something completely different. And what I like about the way it is acted is that you can see the gradual change happening and it doesn't yeah. have to be explained in the script because the acting carries it. Mm. And that is the sign of someone who really knows what they're doing. Certainly when I've directed stuff, yeah. that's how I've kind of judged actors. If they can do things without me having to do it, then they're, they're doing a really good job in communicating. So moving on from Ben, move on to Polly. Yeah, let's go Polly. Polly is such a such a paradoxical character at times on this show. Yeah. Because there's one minute where she does something really good. Yeah. And you think, that's Polly the smart, wise typist who's yeah. independent and completely self-assured. Yes. And then five minutes later, it's tea-making Polly. Yeah. But- without any explanation. And this episode, I feel like it's a really similar kind of... It chops, it changes... Like, looking back on it, there's not really much I can remember doing po- Polly doing alone. No, Polly is kind of just either with the Doctor, with Jamie. There's one part where she does sort of go when Ben gets Jamie and the Doctor kidnapped. Polly goes, oh no, I need to go find them. That's essentially the only bit which I can remember where Polly did something alone. Hmm. Yeah, towards the end, I mean, full disclosure, I have the plot up just to make sure I'm not saying the wrong thing. Um, The main things I see for Polly is it says, the Doctor and Polly do this, or it's Polly and Jamie are here. 
So, yeah. it, so it isn't sort of... Polly isn't given too much of an opportunity to do her own thing. One of the only things I seem to remember is that she goes and um, she reaches the surface by herself. Yeah. It... Yeah. I think as you were saying, the issue is she's very, as you say, she's very, one time she's really good, but one time she's not. And it seems to be more of the times it's not, she doesn't, Mm. they don't. You stick around for the moments, not the the whole thing. Yeah, they don't quite know what to do with her. It's frustrating. I think that the only female character on who, categorically on who, since we've started this, they've got broadly right, Barbara. Yeah. Because Susan's had issues. Vicky's not bad, to be fair. But even then, they they were they took a while to work out what to do with her. Yeah, they struggled to use her in some of the season two episodes a bit. She felt very much almost like the Doctor's kid, just like Susan yeah. would have been, especially in like the Romans or something. Um, and yeah, Dodo, similar problem. We didn't see enough of Dodo really to have a solid opinion on Dodo, did we? True, but out of out of what we did see, the sort of the two and a half stories that we yeah. did get, <laughs> it's not fantastic mm. so i think there's i mean i know it's the 60s so you do have to take that into account don't you but there are issues with the way yeah it feels like they could go one way and they kind of hold themselves back or they step on their own toes yeah. writing wise yeah she's definitely the most disappointing character isn't she yeah because because the potential so obviously there i think yeah. it's different to the others because in War Machine, she's really good. Particularly how they st- started her character off, and then it's kind of just gone downhill straight from then. Mm. But going from someone who we're getting disappointed with, and onto someone who seems to be doing really well, Jamie. Well, at least in my view. I think, yeah, Jamie's a, Jamie's a proper one. That there's a reason why he's there for the entirety of Charlton's run. Yeah. And that is because he's very self-starting. He's often find working out things before the Doctor does, mm. which is a really nice change to the Doctor just being there, the genius one who instantly gets everything straight away. And then everyone's away. just like, oh, Doctor, well done for that. Yeah, because there's a specific point in this episode where Jamie's the one who first notices things are off, first starts noticing which things are going on. Mm. But equally, it never feels like Jamie's above the Doctor. No, he's just... he's What I like about Jamie is he feels like the sort of person that you'd want in your corner. Yeah. That's all. He's just a good mate. Yeah, he helps you out when you need him. Like, there's a great. It's it, particularly when uh, Ben is starting to get essentially brainwashed. Yeah, in that bit where he realizes and he's trying to wake him up and trying to convince him, and there are moments like that throughout the whole episode mm-hmm. where you just think, yes, mm. that's the guy. And some the way he comes out and says stuff like, you know, I own the answer, the doctor, and that's what. I'm yeah, so it's like, yep, yeah, you are a real one. Yeah, yeah, which. I think is what this era really needs because we've currently had nothing wrong with people like Stephen, Dodo, Vicky. No, they, they, all, they are all right. They all just take the back seat too often. Like mm. I can't think of any moments where they've gone out and done something off on their own steam without being directed to by the Doctor. Yes. And often when they do, it often ends wrong. Goodness me, Jamie is not that character. Jamie is... Mm. Uh, of his own right a great character yeah from the off and there hasn't been an episode so far we've seen it and gone well that doesn't feel right he is yeah even last episode even on Moonbase where it, it was fairly obvious which the writers initially didn't expect to have Jamie along for a ride yeah and yet they wrote him that great bit about uh, the Phantom Phantom Piper yeah Phantom Piper and that becomes a side man and then he's having to deal with all of those things yes yeah. And then he ends up being really helpful later on um, when the Cybermen are attacking the base. It, yeah. They've, they're have they finding ways, and I think this is true in all writing what I'm about to say, if you have a good character, you will find ways to use them. Yeah. Because a good character will, you'll know enough about them in terms of like their personality, what they want to do, what their kind of skill set is. Yeah. Once you know that, you can put them anywhere because you know that, oh, you know, he'd be useful for that. Yeah. Or something like that. Other characters are weaker. They're less used. Yeah. My favourite Jamie moment, we'll probably talk about it more later, in this episode at least, mm. is he essentially gets cornered by the macro, he goes up in the lift and ends up in essentially a dance practice. And Oh yeah. And he and, and for dance practice, not realising who he is, she goes, Oh, have you prepared something for a talent show? And he goes, Uh the Highlands fling? Mm. 
Oh, okay. Give it. Give us a go. Give us. Give us a go. See, show how yeah, it yeah, works. Yeah, show. Show fling. Okay. It goes. He does the dance, and he goes. Do you want me to show you why it's called the hide and fling? <laughs> because it's very good at flinging me out the door, <laughs> and it was just perfect moment. It's it's yeah. I mean that whole sequence, the whole dance practice sequence, is really funny. Yeah. It's what it's it's one of the better sequences I've actually seen the whole series. That sequence. Yeah. Great. The whole way through. And then out the back, in the background as well, you've got Ben, who's really, yeah, start, like... really starting to fight with the control. Yeah, he's and like he's... in demon mode. And Everyone is looking at Jamie like, what is going on? And, and Ben's just sat there, essentially having a mental fight with himself, going, oh, what do I do? And I swear Olaf gets in there as well. Yeah, he essentially flings like, himself... what's going on? He flings himself out the door and just Olaf is there, the main security chief guy is just there yeah. as he flings himself out the door. So it doesn't really lead to anything. But it's, but it's so funny that that, it, that moment where it happens. It's one of those things which plot-wise is not needed, but just adds so much to the story and mm. adds so much to the character. Well, well, shall we get into the story then? Seeing as we've gone through our, our four, um, to begin, I, begin chatting about the story, I kind of just want to go into the kind of the world we're in. Yeah. Because I think it's important to understand what the whole can, vibe is. Can I also, before you do this, yeah, I just want to quickly say something. Power of the Daleks, look at this story. Look at how they managed to do the world building of the colony. How they made it seem like there's lots of different spaces within it. Now do that. Because this is everything you did not do, Power of the Daleks. It makes it the colony feel big. Yeah, it's large. from a use of varied space. And also just showing other characters doing other things like the dance thing. It's perfect. It shows yeah. which life is continuing on in this colony, which doesn't contain the main characters. Yeah, it's if you have a big enough colony, it's kind of how I think of colonies is you've watched Wally, right? Yes. Like Wally for me is the best example mm. of right, this is a colony floating mm. about in space. Admittedly, the colony in the macro does not have floating big boned folks yeah or anything like that but that's kind of your base because you go in there and you get the introduction to the colony you see all the lights and flashing and the pools and and you get a real sense of this is a big place there are a lot of people here and that's exactly what they do there because life has to continue yeah we can't live in a world where everything is defined by oh we all know that the doctor is currently trying to save the world people will just be milling about doing their own killer day but i feel like that's what sets this and the power of darts apart is that this colony this world is so much better built. Yeah, because Power of the Daleks, it does feel like, it's like two or three rooms. Yeah. And everything feels kind of the same. And they're just contained. It feels like you've got the main characters and side characters, but no one else. Mm. Anyway, well, as you were saying, sorry. Oh, no, no, don't worry. It was perfectly good thing to say. I wouldn't go much further. But yeah, I was just going to talk about uh, the colony, actually. So yeah. we're kind of there. Um, I was probably going to say something similar to that, to be honest. You always... Sorry. No, no, we've, we've pretty much just done the point before I need to do the point. Yeah, so the whole thing of the colony is is pretty simple. It's a perfect place, inverted commas, where everything's under control. Yeah. Um, everyone's got sort of set jobs, set purpose, yeah. and everyone is very, very happy. And yes. the music reminds you how happy you are. Can you remember the song in the colony? Because yes. I, I can't, so... Happy, happy, because we're working something along those lines. I, yeah, it's something along the lines I, of... I tried my hardest because we were initially going to record this over the internet like we normally do, which means I can play things to James. Mm, which is I, always good fun. I w- spent a good hour trying to find the audio for that just so I could play it random as we intro. I couldn't find it anywhere. It yeah, annoyed it's, me. <laughs> it's a, it, there's a lot of them are quite funny, actually, because they're just so ridiculously hypnotic. And cheery. And cheery. cheery. It's literally just like, we're all happy because we work for the colony and we fulfill our purposes. And it's almost completely off lyric. Yeah. And I think, oh, right, we're, we're going to that territory. Yes. So there's clearly a sense of hypnosis going on. And everything of that comes from this hierarchy. So you have yeah. control. Yes. Which is almost like this spirit, really. Essentially, think of Big Brother from... 1984. 1984. And you've got essentially control. It's a big face which appears on a big screen. And control seemingly sends messages yeah. down to the pilot yes. who's running the ship that the colony's on. Yes. And then there are there's a 
like a co-pilot and all that sort of thing and there's more and then there's a security chief called Olaf which is for main person who we see really isn't it it's Olaf and for pilot yeah Olaf not Olaf Olaf that's, that's the snowman. frozen snowman yeah, yeah. sorry you would be some of It is big summer blowout at the moment, to be fair. It is September now. Yeah. I came here in the rain. Yesterday yeah. it was 28. Today I came here in the rain. Yeah. Ah, oh, Britain. Yeah. It's fun, isn't it? Oh, it's fun. But yeah, that's that's so that's your structure. Everyone works um, sort of around the colony, but the majority of people work for mining this gas that we were talking about yeah. before. Uh, and the gas seemingly is used... I think it's kind of inferred that it's running the colony, like it's doing power. They they essentially go is running for colony, but then don't give any more information. Yeah, or detail as to how it it's very much giving you the feeling which the colonists important. are trying to avoid the answer because yeah they've been told to ignore it. Yeah, and when we arrive, we immediately see what happens to people who do not follow that line. That's when we meet Medoc. Yes, Medoc is running about on the surface of the colony. Yeah, uh, complaining that he's seen. The beasts is one thing, which I've just realised, Owen. Yeah. We haven't done the bloody synopsis game. <laughs> We're good at this podcasting, Malarkey, aren't oh, we? Oh, it's almost as if you would think after six months of doing this, which we have celebrated today, we'd have like a chart saying, mate, this is what we're going to do. I should make one of those. Mate, we should have like an actual physical chart. We did start going through a phase of having a document when we, we started. We did do that, although we have recently... It's fine. We're going to do it in a great way eventually. And we won't ever forget things like this. But yeah, what is in the classic fast voice, the synopsis of the d- name redacted terror? It's been a while since I watched it, so let's see if I have a word I can do this. Oh, yeah, let's see how this goes. Through. The Doctor and crew land on what seems to be an idyllic colony, but there's something not quite right. They come across a man who's slightly mad. He believes he's seen something, but everyone's denying which this thing even exists. So they go through promotions. They find a nice bed to sleep into, which starts to try to hypnotise them. The Doctor starts going on an adventure. They get arrested. They get sent down for mines. They start mining stuff. Big crab things come out of nowhere, which don't exist. Um, they come out of there. The pilot realises what's going on. They all end. That's a very quick synopsis of the story. That was very, very fast. Yeah. Like, I particularly like it because like, they go to the mine and they mine stuff. But they don't even mine stuff, do they? just suck No, they don't up. actually mine anything. Although there is a moment where some of the gas gets out yeah. and causes issues. They essentially just suck stuff. They, they, they don't pretty, pretty mine much. it. It's not really mining, yeah, so to speak. Although, based on that synopsis, you'd have thought, you know, it'd be something like, the Doctor, Polly, Ben and Jamie have travelled to Northern England in the 1970s. <laughs> What was it, an idyllic place with massive crabs coming out of everywhere? All grief. I know we're southerners, James, but it's not like that in the north, believe it or not. <laughs> there, there, are, there are crabs on the... Maybe whales, because whales have beaches. And mines. Massive crabs. Maybe not massive crabs, but... You know. This is an odd tangent. This is a really odd tangent. Have you ever seen a big crab? Yeah. Yes, where, where, where did you see it, the big crab? It must have been a. It was on a school trip, I think, to an ocean park. Oceana? I can't remember the name of it, but it was Oceanarium? Two, Oceanarium. Yeah. That was something along those lines. I saw a massive crab. This it is the form of Oceanarium, right? No, it was somewhere no, else. No, it wasn't. It was like somewhere sea else. Sea Life or something. Sea Life, I think it was. Yeah. Probably somewhere where people would be very annoyed about me going on a school trip. Yeah. So, oh, you went to see that. I, I was never too, when I did school trip, I was never too, like, big on the Ukraine. Although, to be fair, where I grew up in Cyprus, like, the height of the school trip season would just take us to the water park. Like, that's what I'm talking about for a school trip. It sounds very educational. Massively. Yeah. I, I learned so much going down slide after slide after slide about do life. You know, do you know what you learned? What I learned? You learned about how gravity affects water and the human body. Exactly. Alongside trajectory and what? trajectory oh trajectory yes yeah. um forces at work well there was a ride like that because there were, at the war park there was this ride where um basically i know we're going on this ridiculous tangent now but there were basically it was called the black cannon there were these two identical black uh tube slides yeah and they're quite steep and then yes. they they really quickly curve up like yeah. this. I'm doing the hand signal for it. it kind of curves upward. Yeah. And then instead of coming back down, it just cuts off. 
Oh, what, you launch just yeah, get it launched launches. Up. So what happens is you go down the slide, then you launch, and you you know if you have enough will in your body and you're not terrified by the speed, you can try do some kind of pose before your body splats into water. That is forces at work. Yeah, so you're learning about forces. But should we go off this amazing tangent about James's water park adventures at school? Um, <laughs> See, now that's a school trip, everybody. No picking up rocks at the beach. Um, uh, so yeah, so you were talking about when we found Redock. Yeah, so uh, when they found Medoc, uh, that is kind of that initial spark of, okay, Colony all seems good, but we've seen a guy get arrested for saying that he saw something that would be concerning. That doesn't yeah, sound right. And- a lot of rough handling as well, which the doctor wasn't quite keen on, because they capture the, they capture him, they zip up his, t- his cuffs very tight, the doctor goes, now don't do it that tight. Mm, yeah. And, and then they get shoved, they shove him into jail, and then the doctor goes and releases him. Yeah, he's very quickly got a sense of, well, these guys are clearly using a heavy-handed approach. Yeah which implies that they're quite afraid of what the justice is. Yeah. Or what Madoc is doing. So he's the person who goes over to him. And in that first part, Madoc is really against it. He's almost like, what yeah. are you doing? Like, yeah. You're not going to get anywhere by doing this. Yeah. You're just putting yourself at, in harm's way. Uh, there's a bit where he goes and also tries to find him at night. There's a rule in the colony can where I, no one can go out at night. Can I quickly just butt in here? Yeah, of course. And about when they're in jail and Doctor lets him out. Yeah. The pilot comes in with Ola. 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 And yeah. goes, why'd you release him? You couldn't release him. That's against the laws of this colony. And the doctor goes, well, I was the one who captured him and I didn't know. Mm. I'm technically going, I'm sorry, but that's the worst excuse. If someone's captured, it's fairly short, certain you can't let them out. If you don't yeah. know the laws. If you don't know that releasing people from jail is not a law. Yeah. It'd be like if, if I called for police on James and he got sentenced to jail and I just went into the police and just released him just because I was the one who caught him in the first place. It would be it would be an interesting flip of the citizen's arrest, the citizen's yeah. release. Yeah. I, I caught him so I can release him now. And <laughs> I thought of an absolutely awful question which I'm not going to actually ask. See, as you were saying then about them going at night. Yeah, so there's a rule in the colony where you can't go out at night which b- becomes explained a little later yeah. on. Uh, and the Doctor completely ignores it, which is the standard for Troughton's era. And most Doctors, let's be honest but, here. Definitely Troughton's so far. And, yeah, tries to bring it up. And that is where we come across nothing. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't exist. That's our first sighting of the, mi- the macra, isn't the it? The macra, as they are supposedly called. And the macra is the thing which starts... It's the beginning of the end of Doctor Who's relationship with Stalkroft models. The people who made all of the models for Doctor Who initially. Ah. Um, that, See, now this is a niche bit of knowledge that I did not know. Um, so so what's going on with the macro? Is this the end, the last one that they did, or is this the first one the new company did? No, this is for one where they start... I think they're already getting annoyed with them, but this was their major point of contention. Okay. Um Essentially, this model was so big and so cumbersome, the only way they could move it was on the front of a, of a van. <laughs> and the producer and his Lloyd essentially just went, how the hell is this yeah. practical? How can we film with this? So, and they also only made one. That really, yeah, I see why you'd be annoyed by that. Particularly if you want, like, uh, if you want, like, a macro invasion force. Yeah. It's not great if you just have one and you're having to do multi-shot. Yeah, because there's one specific scene where Jamie's getting surrounded. Yes. By by them. That had to all be done pre-record because they didn't have the macro to, to surround him. And and also the model. Have you seen the photo of the real macro model? No, I haven't seen the photo of the real macro. Have you got it? I can get it up quickly. Um, it famous. I mean, it's got to be big. Moving it off a van. Yeah, it's one of it's one of a few monsters which people I think commonly accept as the animation making it more scary than it was before. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky because with the animation, naturally, it's not going to have that kind of plasticky mache sort of look that everything did because that was just the way it was. And wow. That is huge. Yeah. Hold hold on, I'm leaving the mic. Bloody hell. 
those are some talons they've got. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, it just doesn't really... So you want to look that up, have nightmares this evening. That's a huge thing. Yeah, you can see why, if you're working in a studio as well, because they're not actually outside in the outside shot, mm. they're in a studio. When I look at that macro model, do you know what I think? What? I think that the entire model company has just like collectively gone, do you know what? They're already annoyed with us. We're gonna we're gonna do something so big, yeah, and so ridiculous, yeah. For next episode, it's for the last one they worked with this company. When they do, I think you might have watched it when they do. Uh, what's it called? The airline one. Oh, I've forgotten what it's called now. Yeah, I've forgotten what it's called. The next episode, which was animated, and probably the next one, which is. It's the next one which we're watching next. We're talking about next week. Yes. Um, essentially, they made them a model. Have you watched it yet? I haven't watched it yet, actually. Um, so there's a particular scene on it where they've got a plane and the um, the wings closed in on it and it goes up into a bigger spaceship. Mm. It broke on them and it delayed filming for like a week. Jeez, and that's bad on... Ske- the schedule who was running yeah cause who at this point was running on week of you recorded one week and it got released for next week yeah so it was literally a case of this had to go out within what, hours no because they do model filming separately beforehand okay, but it's still bad. screwed up thing it's still yeah, so massive tighter massively delayed things still meant more studio time and at that point Ennis Lloyd went no we're not working with you anymore and they just went over to using the in-house BBC special effects team. Mm. But yeah. yeah well, there's a nice segue. I mean, it's, it was honestly worth it just for this macro photo. We should honestly put yeah. that somewhere. That's huge. Yeah. It's just so impractical as well, isn't it? <laughs> so, I've, I mean, I've, I've made movies with props. No way would I work with that. Yeah. That is, like they say, you would need forms of methods of transport for that. Yeah. You need to lift it up on like something pneumatic or like on a forklift. Yeah. lift. But moving on, because we're, we're going ahead of time here. As usual. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, the first episode is mainly concerned with learning how the colony works yeah. and trying to poke into the situation, and then we see... Well, that's the cliffhanger, isn't yeah. it, in the first episode? We see the macro. Yeah. So, part two is... What happens there is it's more about uh, the Doctor coming back saying, well, I've seen this thing now. Yeah, this thing definitely does exist. So I, so I know something's wrong here. This... It's one of a few things which annoy me about this episode because I do generally really like this episode. Yeah. But it's just an issue with the logic for me. Uh, go for it. Go through it. If something doesn't exist and we've been told does not exist, we believe it not to exist, why does it have a standardised name? Yeah. That's a bit iffy, isn't it? Because if they went out there and said, we saw a massive crab. Massive crabs don't exist. I feel like that would be better, but simply going out there going, the macro don't exist. We can then start going. Yeah, like, if you say, if you say, I saw something, I don't know what it was, and it's like, don't worry, the macro don't exist. It's like, what? Yeah, it's like. The thing ev- that you've now just confirmed is real doesn't exist. Yeah, the thing which, which everyone has got the standardized name for it, but we refuse to believe it exists. Yeah, it's a species which we have classified. The only problem with us classifying yeah. is we couldn't have done that because yeah. it's not real. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a little thing which annoys me about this episode. You know what? I haven't thought about it, but now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's bad. Because that, that's not like a tiny logic error. That really is just... I mean, I get it because it, names can, are distinct. You can't, you can't do an entire Doctor episode where everyone's just going running around going, there's a massive there's crab. There's a crab! But equally, it being realistic, it's just not realistic. It's a tough balance to hit, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they get captured, the Doctor and and brought to the pilot. Uh, but then Medoc sort of invents kind of a lie story and then convinces the pilot that the Doctor was actually turning him in, which yeah. gets him off the hook. Yeah. And then they go to bed. But the pilot then gets a message from Control saying while they go to bed to maybe have a little bit of a play around. Yes. Which sounds terrible, but actually now I've just said it. Yes. So this is when Ben gets hypnotised, which we've discussed previously. Yeah. And this is where I wanted to jump in on what this is. 
So officially, it's not hypnotism. It's it's the idea. There was like a theory mm-hmm. in early twentieth century science yes. that you could teach people through coded messages. Yes. In sleep, it's called hypnopedia. Yes. Okay. Uh, and it's exactly it's basically what they're doing. It's a big part of if you've ever read Brave New World, which is the Aldous Huxley novel, which is quite. It's very mm-hmm. nineteen eighty four actually, which you can tell where they got their influences from for this. Yeah. Hypnopedia uh, is a big part of that. Uh, basically, everyone in the everyone in London is getting messages implemented into them overnight over the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's base it's similar to that. So it's really interesting to see Hypnopedia, which is I don't see much of, get used in a story. Uh, I personally think it's really really interesting. Uh, yeah. Mainly because I don't know I just kind of I'm interested in like, what happens when you sleep. <laughs> um, yeah, really good fun. But then the doctor comes in, breaks the speakers, Ben gets annoyed, they get arrested, they go in and get sent, they get arrested, Ben and Polly have an argument, Polly goes out, they see the crab. They... Yeah. And then, yeah, but this is an interesting moment when they see the crab, right? Because doesn't Ben turn back into Ben, like, just for a second? Yeah. He, he's saying, they don't exist, they don't exist, they don't exist. Yeah. Oh, look, they do exist. But it's just for a second. It's almost like, yeah. um, it's like there's like a survival failsafe. Yeah. In the Hypnopedia where it's, oh, yeah, I'll listen to the messages, but if there's a threat to my life, yeah, regardless of what my messaging says. Because then he, he literally, when they ask him, what did you see? He goes, well, nothing. Yeah. And I think this, at this point here as well, is also where the animation comes into its own. Mm. Because here, Polly gets her leg grabbed. Yes. Which wouldn't be possible in real life. Well, she gets hung upside down, doesn't she? Uh, yeah. That wouldn't have happened with that model which we saw. No, that's true. So I imagine in in real life, it literally just grabbed her leg. But because it was animated, it enabled them yeah. to dangle her upside down. Yeah, it gives you more of a dynamic. Makes it feel so much better. And it, and it, you do get a sense of like, whoa, she's in serious danger yeah. here. She's yeah. right in the macro's um, grasp. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ben breaks the condition. Yeah. It's a good scene, all in all, because yeah. the macro comes out of nowhere, really. It's very sudden. Also, flaw of logic with the macro here, which annoys me. Yeah. You do like the flaws of logic. Yeah, you? yeah. Because for macro control, this colony, they don't want people to believe they exist. They're allergic to the air. Yep. Why do they keep coming up where the humans can see them? Nah, kill. They got to eat. Yeah, it just... You know, it is—it's just one of those flaws. It isn't well explained, but I can kind of—you can kind of stretch and stretch logic and yeah. sort of be like, well, maybe they, they need to eat, don't yeah. they? And they're just looking for a feed. Yeah. Or they're spying. I mean, the thing with the mine can kind of be explained by that. Oh yeah, the people die in the mine because the macro are eating them. Yeah. It's possible. But anyway, so I think around this point they all get sent down to the mines, don't they? I don't think they quite get sent down to the mines yet. This is me literally reading the narrative. Yeah, so this is what happens at the end of... I just remember now. So at the end of the second episode of Akutera, yeah, while they're being questioned about um, what happened and Ben saying that there were no macro and all this is happening, the Doctor goes to the pilot and says, um, you know, so what's going on with this control thing? And the pilot's like, well, control controls control oh, yeah, you they know, g- everyone listens to control so he's like well what's who is control show us control show us them then and he's like well all right i suppose yeah and control th- shows themselves and it's this old terrified man yeah he looks scared as hell and then he gets killed yeah and everyone's like going this this isn't control why would control be so scared and shouting at himself and then just all of a sudden you see claws and death. Mm. It's, he's got to go down as maybe the unluckiest character in any episode I've ever seen. But he's also lucky. Yeah. That is one of two surviving clips from this episode. Oh, is it? Yes. Uh, you, can you remember a while ago, I think it was when we were discussing The Monk, mm. when we were ex- discussing about how Australian censors were cutting out things. Yeah. But a researcher managed to get a copy of all of those sensors. Him, this old man being attacked with one of those sensors. Mm, that does make sense. Actually. So that's one of the few surviving clips of this episode. Hmm. And this is also another case of where the animation gives it more impact because in, in the real episode, the crab just claws at him. 
Yeah. We don't get the dynamic camera work with a camera just falls to the side. Yeah, it's very kind of found footagey. Yeah. That's kind of... I wonder what you think about that, whether it's a little bit too modern, because obviously that found mm. footage technique shot, you'd have never done it in the 60s. I think it depends what you're going with for the animation, whether you're going for... How we categorised it in the previous um, Power of the Daleks, whether you're going for that sole recreation mm. or whether you're trying to prioritize it to a newer audience i think that th- th- i think it's definitely the latter the way yeah. it's animated they've gone for it being kind of there for new people but i think it works yeah. like, as a piece of visual this it definitely yeah. works the question is just whether it's in line with what it yeah. would have been because there's some animation stars which are very stuck to how it was like the 10th planet from the moon base it's very much how it was shot back then the mm. next episode we're going to watch is done in a lot, a lot more traditional static style yeah but yeah yeah this one is a bit it's a bit more zip to it isn't yeah. it yeah and yeah something like that fan footage movie you'd have never seen back then yeah but no you're right it does work and it really delivers that cliffhanger because that's where we end the second half yeah. uh and you realize oh right so the macro are actually they're properly in control yeah and then we go down for mines yeah then we do the mines yeah and then the doctor, they come across me, doc again. The doctor stays behind to act as their supervisor, mm. and he just starts scribbling on the wall, trying to work out formulas. And the other guys go in and start sucking up the gas, mm. which leads us on pretty much the interesting point about this. Jamie breaks away from the group because he managed to get the keys. Yeah, and the doctor, another manager goes there with the window. Yeah, for, they squirt gas into his face and they get the <laughs> keys from him. Yeah, that's what happens. They, yeah, they do the poisonous gas technique on the poor guy. Yeah, and this is when Ben, we start seeing Ben is starting to fail on the conditioning because he sees the keys being taken, but he, he doesn't, doesn't immediately do, report d- it. He doesn't yeah. do anything about it. That's what I was saying before we were talking about Ben. There is smart writing about the yeah. way it's done gradually. Yeah. Um, and the doctor is writing up the formula for the gas. Mm. And the pilot comes in and is very confused. Because, yeah, he... How could he have possibly got those combinations? Yeah. They're a secret, known only to the senior members of the colony. Yeah, like four people, including the pilot, know it. Yeah. How did you know it? And the doctor just goes, well, you know, worked it out, didn't they? <laughs> there are times where he's kind of lovably annoying. Yeah. Um. So just to kind of bring us along, if you want me to stop at any point, just let me know. Oh, no, no, you're good. Uh, because I want to try to keep this under an hour. Carry right on. Um, so this one, Jamie separates, he gets hunted down. This is kind of a third episode cliffhanger, isn't it? Where Jamie's getting surrounded by... Yeah, well, this is a great whole section because Jamie kind of... He goes into this sort of forbidden area of the colony. Yeah. To, it's so forbidden that the humans aren't allowed to chase him through it yeah. by control, cause, which obviously implies that there's proper macro deep level stuff going yeah. on. So at this point, they start filling the for cave with gas if a macro can survive and they send them after Ben yeah but the doctor is working on a way to reverse the pressure and start shoving it with oxygen which gives Ben a chance to break away which is essentially for cliffhanger bit mm. not Ben did I say Ben I meant Jamie you mean Jamie yeah yeah Jamie goes yeah, Ben's still in his uh, mental struggle at this Jamie point. goes up in the lift and then he we do the Highlands fling part yeah then we do the dance practice still freaking crazy <laughs> I can't he gets captured. I can't really remember what happens here. They go down, try to get the doctor and Polly. They go along and they see where the macro is. Macro are study, uh, being controlled. Yeah, so Jamie gets advanced on and... Yeah, by the time he reverses the gas, Jamie's able to get out and then the doctor and Polly then go into control. Yeah. At that point. Because Polly's managed to get to the surface on her own during yeah. that whole thing. Uh, and then there's just macra everywhere. Yeah. So obviously now we know the true the true no Yeah. The true nature, that's what I was going for, of the macro, which is it's not the humans or in the colony controlling the humans in the colony, it's the macro controlling the humans to control the humans. And this is when the doctor manages to persuade the pilot to come along and have a look. Which I quite like. Mm. Because they've got they show the pilot instead of being the stubborn person this for pilots willing to see past the conditioning and 
Why are you making bizarre grunting noises? Was I making a noise? Yeah, you were making a noise. Was I? I? You were making a noise, I think. <laughs> Sorry, it must be this freaking weird cough is making me do things, <laughs> honestly. Um, anyway, um, so that's one which I like about Pilot is the fact which the pilot is willing to go along with this thing, go go along an adventure. And then Olaf essentially get Not Olaf. I'm going to keep calling I love, Olaf. I love that as a snowman I, in the Macro Terror. I'm just going to call him Olaf. Um, <laughs> o- Olaf, Olaf it, yeah. goes... No, you can't do it, Pilot. And then essentially gets control to dismiss Pilot and takes power for himself. And then they, Pilot goes along, they get locked in there, they make it all explode, the story ends. So, briefly summarise it, yeah. I'm going to re record that one. Do you want to repeat that, James? Ugh. Yeah, to briefly summarise it, that, yeah. that's roughly what happens. Uh, I like you were saying. I do like the bit where the pilot shows sense, but isn't that because the pilot isn't really conditioned in the same way? Because obviously the pilot is the one. I mean, I guess control is telling him yeah. to do it, but he's organising when yeah. the sleep goes to me. Maybe he has less conditioning than the others. Just I don't, a theory I've spit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I generally don't know. I just feel like it's mm. him being a good leader and actually willing to listen. Because all the way throughout this story, he's willing to listen to the Doctor. Yeah, he willing... always is, isn't he? He, he, he does default yeah. back, but he's willing to consider alternatives. And eventually, I think it gets to the point where the evidence against it is so overwhelming yeah. that he decides, well, fine. And by the time he sees it, immediately he breaks the conditioning. He realises which they are right after all. Yeah. Um, which then moves us on to really the ending, isn't it? Yeah. I have to be honest with you. The ending to this episode is the one part I truly don't like. It's very, it's very rapid in a bow. It this ending. I before you watched, it, I I said it to it. It's very sensor right. They just end it and everything's all right. Exactly. Yeah. There's no continued consequences because it's as if oh the macro are gone. Well, humans are entirely pure people. It was only the macro that made them bad. Yeah, but in all honesty, if a macro exploded. I fully believe which the humans would have ignored the pipe because that's what they got told for control left and just relied on oh, Olaf. Oh, that would have been way more interesting. Right. You're, you're so right, actually. That's what, Thinking about human nature, that's what would have actually happened. <coughs> they, would have, they would have gone... They would have gone... Control have gone. Pilot must have done it. Yeah. Olaf, you lead us. That's what would have happened rather than just going, oh... Controller dead. Yeah, it's as if Happy. it's that classic, and we've seen it a lot, just like in the sensorites, where it seems the moment that the the villain is neutralised, it's like everything they've ever done never happened. Yeah, like it instantly reverts back to good. Yeah, and there's just no consequence. It would have been a lot more interesting if they'd have thought, oh, but there aren't no such thing as that. What are we talking about? And it's people actually having to break the conditioning on their own. I feel this is one of a few times I honestly feel like if this episode, if this story was one episode longer. I feel like it would have been perfect. They could have had an entire episode with them trying to convince the other humans which for Macra did exist. They were controlling things. Potentially. Although I get maybe why that's not there because that does kind of feel like another story. It's kind of like how the arc is yeah. in two parts. Yeah. It works maybe if you go back. Yeah. But but otherwise, I do get why it might not be there because it can feel... Having that narrative might yeah. feel a little tacked on to the other narrative. Yeah. But it, it does then make the narrative feel more... Oh no! I, I, I think it's definitely it's valid as an idea. I think it's much better than the than the ending they do have. Yeah, it, which they sort of just kind of declare a holiday and thank him. It's just really standard Star Wars Episode Four stuff. Yeah, it, it's the only part of this episode I truly hate. Everything else is perfect for 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 world building, the characters, for. For plot is all very good. It's all very interesting. Even the use of original music, which wasn't Last Chance to Lose or whatever the hell that thing was. It was all very well done. And but then they ended it in that way. Yeah, it's it's we have seen a lot of episodes, haven't we? Where the last five minutes just feel like someone's taken a pair of scissors to the pot and but, like, we're done. But we started to see the end of that. This season, this season, think of these endings this season. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, we even have um, the Power of the Daleks ending where they do the little twist of the Daleks talking yeah, about. like, this season they solved most of those Chipnall-esque endings, but then we have this one. Yeah, it's a little, it's, it's anticlimactic. They don't explore the consequences. 
it almost feels like they thought the comp they didn't consider the consequences or they thought they were too complex for them to consider them because it would have raised more questions than it would have answered it generally just feels like they went oh look for runtime yeah oh we've we've killed the macro now so yeah you do you do read a lot of scripts sometimes where they've been rushed out to reach broadcast yeah. time limit, but yeah, yeah, it, it could have been a lot better. Like even if it ended with the pilot and Olaf having a fight, yeah. that would have felt more felt more interesting than just just anything e- really explosion ending. Yeah, it's like yeah, things explode, the macro are gone. We are all happy humans in the colony again. Just now we're not conditioned. Like even Thanks, if Doctor. Olaf pilot have a fight. Olaf goes, uh, not Olaf. Pilot goes down five control unit and brainwashes for people back to normal. Mm. Like that would have been a nice circular way to fix the episode. Yeah, and it would have shown us kind of that dark side of human nature thing, which yeah. I do like. But yeah, it, it just goes on the very hopeful. Ah, oh, we've solved the problem. Yeah. Leave the kids happy route, which it's not terrible. But like you say, there's so much unexplored potential from defaulting that kind of an yeah, ending. Yeah, like, human nature there wouldn't do that mm. automatically. That's, no, absolutely not. That, as I said, that's my my one issue with this episode. But other than that, though, seeing as we pretty much are at rating time, yeah, what I, do you think? I also realise as well, you know how we forgot to do the synopsis? Yeah. At the beginning of this episode, we also forgot to say whether we liked it or not. Well, they kind of, we eventually explained yeah, it. Yeah. It came through. Yeah, it... I really liked this episode. As as did I. I'm a pretty solid fan of this. It's the the best non-Dalek episode. Really? I would say so, yeah. That's a big, big call. You think of a non-Dalek episode which was better. Marinus comes to mind. Tenth Planet comes to mind like as options. Yeah. It's competitive in that way. I think I would maybe just slide those two above this, and I don't think it's for any particular reason. Yeah, it's just because I think I think there's better world building in Marinus Just, and I think the Tenth Planet has got slightly better characters. Mm. But it is literally it's down to fine margins. Yeah, it's right up there. Yeah, this is definitely one of the best episodes we have had. Yeah, it's very very solid, uh, and it's really well animated as well. So yeah. if you want to check it out, it's definitely worth your time. Yeah, and it doesn't feel too grainy black and white, so you can accept you can access it really yeah. easy. It's this this episode was wonderful one because before we started six months ago, I watched yeah. a few episodes in advance to see if I could if I reckoned we could actually find enough things to talk about. This one of those ones. So this is now the third time I've watched it. Mm. So yeah. It's good. It's an easy one to pick up because it is in colour. That is actually something which I wanted to discuss with yeah, you. Yeah, true. We haven't even mentioned it was a colour animation. Yeah. it. They did really weird thing in the first episode. They had it be black and white as a cold open and then transition into colour after the main credits. Mm. It was weird. I don't know why they did that. Style. I just, I just felt it was really unneeded. Hark back to how it actually was. Yeah, it just felt unneeded and weird yeah but, i i think you, you stick with one or the other really otherwise it feels really jarring when you when you shift particularly if you're there going oh i don't want to watch this unless it's in color <laughs> he's like oh no it's one of those black and white animations it's one, one, it. one of those black and white ones don't want to watch black and white doctor who and if they just waited 15 extra minutes <laughs> you know he says that he's like, oh i can't watch Doctor Who black and white i know people do you actually yeah goodness me <laughs> what a shame for them they're missing out um how would you grade this episode then? Well, they're missing out of ten. They're missing out from this season onwards. Not a lot of the last seasons. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, rating this one here out of ten, probably eight or a nine. Eight or a nine. Because I feel like the only thing which really lets it down is the ending. Is the ending? <sighs> Should I press you to choose eight or nine? Like if you had to. Yeah. Like is it a high eight or a low nine? Yeah. Because I, it's trying for me. It's trying to work out whether it's on the same level as Power of the Daleks. Yeah. And Dalek Invasion, because those are the two which I've given nines to previously. Yes. Do you, do you, well, do you think they're there? Because I, I think it's on the level of Power of the Daleks. Yeah. I think it's it's more consistent than Power of the Daleks. I could go with that, yeah. But there, then again, there are issues with it. And yeah. Some logic issues. That ending um, isn't great. Admittedly, that is mostly us just being picky. Polly doesn't get used very well. 
But probably never gets used very well. Yeah, but still, it's, it's still a mark against it. Yeah. A, a te- like, if it was a 10 episode, you yeah. couldn't have any character being wasted. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably a high 8. You got a high 8. Yeah. Because I think Power of the Daleks at least have got the interesting thing, how they're doing something new with the Daleks, which even to this day hasn't really been done properly since. That's true. How, how do you rate it? Uh, I'm going to go right in the middle with an 8. Yeah. It, I'm gonna, pretty straight down there. Um, it's one of those where I think there are some episodes I just prefer over it and there's not yeah. really a reason for that. It, it's as I was saying about um, Power of the Daleks, it, you just enjoy some episodes. True. Out, ignoring the technical side of it, there's just some episodes you gel with more. And I did enjoy this one, believe me. But yeah, when I think back to maybe Tenth Planet, because obviously if yeah. you listen to that episode, you know which I like that. Time Meddler, Keys Morales, like it's in that range. But those ones just see, have that little bit of magic. I was waiting for you to say Time Meddler. Think about Time Meddler. I feel like it's got a good villain. Yeah. But setting's really good. But I ter- admit beyond in, that. In terms of plot and story and stuff, it's all a little it's not as good. Potentially, yeah. I just think there's I think it's mainly down to just the dynamic. Yeah. The monk and the Doctor have is so good. And then also you can see kind of that mischievousness of the monk in the plot. Yeah. So it, it is a little bit ropey, and admittedly it does slow down when it's kind of just Stephen and Vicky wandering around. Yeah. So there are issues with it, but yeah. there are really lovable moments in that. So, so it's in that league, for yeah. sure. And yeah, like I said before, if you've got an hour and a half and change to spare, that is a very good classic Who episode to stick your teeth into. Obviously, part of it doesn't exist, but yeah, that's the only problem. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Next week, we'll be covering another animated special. Oh, yes. It's the one on the plane, which name I've still forgotten. It's Airplane. <laughs> I've got the Blu-ray up here. Oh, do you? Yes. The Faceless Ones. The Faceless Ones is what we're doing. We're, we're discussing the Faceless Ones They're next on an week. airline? Yes. Hmm. Have you watched it yet? No. I was recording, do you want to watch the first episode with me since I've got it on Blu-ray? Yeah, go on then. Okay, so that brings us to the end of this episode so we can go watch watch the Blu-ray off the Faceless Ones. We'll, you... we'll see you next week as always. If you've liked listening to us babble on about who once again, you can always get in touch with us. We're on Twitter at Black Archive Pod and you can email us if you're traditional like that, blackarchivepod at gmail.com. Let us know if my coughing was that annoying. I'm pretty sure it was. And I can't wait to do more in-person recordings with you, James. It's been nice doing it like this for once. It's nice doing what limited eye contact I can do. Yes. <laughs> we'll see you. We'll see you next week. Well, well, you'll hear us next week. Till then, see you later. Goodbye. <laughs>